It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Hawks Postcast, part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Hawks Postcast, your home for the best Hawks talk. It's local insight you can't get anywhere else, but right here at Locked On. I'm Tanitra Batiste, and alongside me is Deshaun Tate. Today's episode is brought to you guys by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. The Locked On Hawks postcast is part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Deshaun, the Hawks. We're looking to start their five-game homestand on a winning note. After dropping the last couple on the road, we'll deep dive on the Hawks and how they prevailed. 139-132 in overtime against the Sixers. We'll talk about it in the and one, and we'll also talk about what's next. But first, let's get your take and mine on what went down tonight in this Hawks-Sixers game. You take, say, I want to see a game with no asterisk. Yeah, no, for sure, Tanisha. And listen... You know, we, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we always, you know, talk about when you're able to get wins that you don't necessarily love. It's kind of like, I don't love my wins like that, but I take it. You know, we all, we're, every, we understand that everybody has a mentality of, I'll take any win that I can get type of thing. And I think that that's great. Um, but I need to see an exclamation point on a win at some point. I need to see a, a, a Hawks stamp on a win, especially against a team that you've lost five straight against the reigning MV defending MVP is no, is not, is not active for the game. Mm -hmm. And this isn't a dig or a shot at Philly by any means. And if anything, it was credit to Philly because they are, you know, one, five consecutive meet last five consecutive meetings, uh, two in a row this year against Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like this was the time for Atlanta to kind of flex its muscles a little bit more. Now, granted, you know, Philly's still a good team. Uh, if not nothing else, definitely at least good uh, without Joe Embiid. We all understand or overstand rather that it's not the same team. But when you have pretty much everybody, I get it. You don't have Clint Capella. Respect to him. You don't have DeAndre Hunter. Again, that's a whole nother conversation that I probably got veins popping out of my forehead about right now. <laughs> but um, no, just realistically, though, but, but, but you still had what it takes to be able to put them away, you know, in, in, in confident fashion that didn't happen. And they just making games a little bit too close for my liking. And to be honest with you, I think that that's okay to say. I think it's okay too, because it did bother me as well. When I looked at the team stats and I thought, okay, like you said, no Joel Embiid, the reigning MVP. And yet the largest lead that the Hawks were able to have was seven. Like they never really, had control of the game or ran away with it. And that bothered me too. I thought, okay, yes, Clint Capella's gone, but it's not exactly a one for one, right? With with Clint and Joel being out. I thought that was should have been more advantage Hawks. But again, we take nothing away from the fact that a win is a win is a win, especially when you're looking at the fact that this is a team who, like you said, just dropped two on the road and just got blown out in one of those two. And then in the other, it was a heartbreaking loss in overtime. And then you look back at the record overall and you're thinking to yourself, okay, it's not just about those two games. It's also about looking at the fact that you you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And out of those nine games, 
six out of the last nine would have been, well, or six of the last eight, if you will, would have been losses up until you get to tonight, right? So yeah, I think it's important for you, as we say, to really just kind of string some wins together and start kind of feeling positive about what you can do. And a win is a win is a win, but I'm going to take something from the tape book and you've said it before. I'm going to say it tonight. This is one of those games you were supposed to win, but I'm so excited to say you actually did. I mean, because we've had these conversations where we're like, <laughs> are you kidding? And the definition of supposed to win can be different for different situations. Sometimes it's because you're playing the lowly Detroit Pistons who had at that time lost 20 plus games when you ran into them, right? So that's a game that you should win. San Antonio Spurs, that's a game that you should win. A game where you're evenly matched because maybe a team plays a little bit more small ball like you do, and that's a game you should win. Like an OKC, I mean, they're pretty evenly matched. Now they did, granted, we'll give them that. They won against OKC, but this was a winnable game for them as well. And yeah, I'm happy to say that they actually won the game. I think it's just more, I agree with you. I wish that it could have been, and again, no offense to, to the Sixers, not saying that you want to like turn the not the 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 uh the knife there, but 139 to 132 in overtime, barely eking it out, save for some a defensive play for Trey to save the day at the end of the fourth quarter. Granted, he missed a shot, so there's that, and he missed free throw, so there's that. But then Jalen Johnson, and we'll talk about that more in the and one, but save for him doing heroics in overtime this would have been one of those games where you and i would have been like steaming from the head yeah so again it's just one of those where we really actually wanted you to win because you should have and you did and uh you know i I hate to sometimes be like the negative nelly guy or whatever what have you but you know like you mentioned the detroit pistons i'm glad that you brought that up because i have been one that have made comparisons and we get it i'm speaking somewhat only somewhat facetiously when i say that this team and their performance has been somewhat detroit pistons like to me um and some people might think that that's a little bit blasphemous but when you consider this team and where we expected for them to be what the expectations were versus the pistons expectations for their season then i think that it kind of measures up to some degree um and just being a little bit upset with the fact that we're kind of seeing way too many one single guys who are extremely talented we get it go off against our team whether that's shea gilgis alexander whether that's tyrese halliburton a few times this year tyrese maxi a few times this year um that was one of the things that i was kind of curious on what we would see as far as tonight um, we know about, you know, the uh, Ty- Tyrese Maxey, um, you know, we, we we know about Tobias Harris, who had a good night on tonight as well. 17, po- uh, I'm sorry, uh, 32 points, 50 percent from the field. Yeah. Um, but, you know, those those other guys around them is who I was kind of curious who would step up for them. Would we yeah. see Kelly Oubre step up? Would we see uh, DeAnthony Melton, two guys who didn't particularly have really great games? Hence, another reason. And credit to the Hawks. That's fine. And their defense, which is fine as to why those guys didn't have great games uh we seen marcus morris go out there and hit a couple three-pointers for them he stepped up so when other guys start to step up in in Embiid's absence how would the hawks then respond to those things and i think that that was great um seeing you know with the fact that um you know 
six players, six or seven players uh, who played tonight for the Hawks all scored 15 points or more. I thought that was very telling the way that, you know, we sometimes see some inconsistencies between halves, first and second with DeJounte and the way that he wants to score the ball. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so I thought that that was good. Trey, knowing that it's not a typical Trey night and deferring to some other guys, Jalen Johnson having a career rebounding night, not just scoring amongst other things. I thought that we saw some really great things from Sadiq Bay, who chipped in his 15 and 10 with a double double and and and, and bogey and doing his 15 point so i know that that's kind of but you know what it's good that i'm being long-winded about some positive things that the yeah. atlanta hawks did tonight because to be honest with you i can't remember the last time that i've been able to do that either yeah because like we said it was a, a tough it it was there was there were no superlatives. Come on now, there were no superlatives that we could have thrown out there that would have made any sense for the Pacers if we're just being honest. But I will say there was one thing that you called out as well that we also try to keep an eye on on this Locked On Hawks postcast, and that is whether or not there's that guy, that guy who comes out of nowhere and just torches the Hawks. That's also how you get a win. That's also how you gut out a win. Tyrese Maxey was going to get his. Tyrese Maxey has been getting his all season. He has been doing MVP-like things this entire season for mm-hmm. the Sixers. That was no surprise for us that he did what he did. Now, did the Hawks get a little bit of help there in the overtime? Absolutely. But, hey, you do what you got to do. You put him in position to fall out, and he took the bait. Not your fault. It's not your problem. You know what I mean? What I do like is the fact that there wasn't that X guy, that guy who came out of nowhere. Yes, Mark. um, Yes, we can say that one player won. And I, Marcus Morris, but to me, Marcus Morris getting 17 points is not exactly what I would call that X factor. Usually it's some guy, because if you look down the, the line, four of nine from the field and three of eight from three, I'll take that because typically it's. Me too. It's that X, that X factor guy coming out of nowhere. And he's the guy who unfortunately will torture you for like 20, 25, 27 off of like four of six, three point shooting or eight of 10. And you'll be like, who the heck is this guy? Yeah. We got from, from the Hawks tonight because of those critical factors that we just mentioned. And listen, we're a little bit more when we come back on the other side, we're going to talk more Hawks Sixers in the and one. And guys, this episode of the Locked on Hawks postcast is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but the postseason is just around the corner. You know, there are going to be some big games this weekend that we know you're going to check out. And that means there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Low-key, that might be a good idea because you guys and girls got about a month before you got to pop that uh, dollars and, you know, bring out your wallet for Valentine's Day yeah, for some people. Anywho, this might be a way to get some extra dollars for it. The app is so easy to use and there are so many different ways to bet like live same game parlays, finding bets in the new Explore tab, making a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is actually the best way to find popular par- parlays. Again, live same game parlays, finding bets in the new Explorer tab, and making a parlay in the Parlay Hub. So visit fanduel.com slash Locked on and make your first bet a layup. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. 
FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, time to get into the and one and dive into this game. And like we've already said, we knew that Joel Embiid was going to be out this game, but we also found out Clint Capella, who went in as questionable, he was confirmed to be out for the game as well. So Anyeka Okongu gets the start for the Hawks at center. And really just they kind of played, and I don't want to say small ball, but they played you know two small forwards and a power forward essentially. So we'll call it small ball for the sake of, of what you know we're talking about tonight. But Small forward, power forward, small ball, big ball, it doesn't matter. Onyeka Okongu played big, especially to start this game. Four, four boards, 11 points in the first quarter alone. Of course, he ends with 19 points and 11 rebounds. And he also had some key plays down the stretch, both in the fourth quarter, overtime. One of our colleagues, Deshaun, said, tweeted out, the closing five, which was the closing five tonight, should be Trey, DJ, Bogey, Jalen Double So that made me want to ask you, is this a closeout lineup that Quinn Snyder should consider, especially considering the way the Hawks have closed out some games that they've eventually lost the last few weeks? To consider, yes, for sure. Um, but let's be very clear about something. There won't be every game that the you know reigning MVP is going to be sitting out you know, for the opposition. Um, so sometimes you may not necessarily be able to utilize that. Um, you know, there, there's going to be, you know, it's not going to be every single time that Clint Capella is going to be out. There might be some instances where, you know, somebody else isn't playing as great of a game or just to pick, I think it's situational at the end of the day in a roundabout way to kind of bring it all back around full circle. I think it's situational. I think it just kind of depends on who the, the opponent is. Um, I felt really good about, you know, cause I, I can't say that I've, I can't tell you the last time I felt this good about Oyeka Okongu's performance where I thought, you know, you know, he's, he's not picking up, you know, two back to back fouls and, and unnecessarily in the first quarter or something that's going to limit his time and have everybody feeling like, uh oh, um, especially without Joe Embiid being there. I felt like this needed to be his coming out party in a roundabout way it was. But I don't have a good feeling on what he's going to be in the next game right. that I don't particularly love. But I am loving how I feel on tonight when I lay my head on the pillow based on what he was able to do. Um, but, you know, they needed to control the paint in the absence of an MVP. And he contributed to that. He did that. And to be honest with you, I know there was a lot of question marks and people kind of scratching their heads when there was going to be when we learned that there would be no more John Collins. We did not anticipate, you know, Jalen Johnson being what he is. So what Jalen Johnson has done is kind of somewhat what we expected from Oyeka Okangu, especially in a position where there is no Clint Capella. Mm -hmm. um, and 
tonight he showed that he could be that Jalen Johnson, um, you know, type of performer. Um, yeah. and, and two big-time blocks down the stretch at the yeah. end. I think one on Oubre and then the other one on someone else that I just can't even remember, but it doesn't even matter at this point. I just think that it was really good on both sides, offensively and defensively. Kept his head, kept his cool, knew exactly what to do, and all, all the good stuff uh, when it came to um, – um, when it, when it, when it came to, you know, the till end of the game, you know, things like that. Yeah. I, I would agree with you on that one. It's interesting because I can't tell you the last time I saw a plus anything with Onyeko Kangu <laughs> or a low minus, right. And tonight he was a minus one, but again, to your point, Onyeko was the one the last couple of seasons, we've been saying the same thing. Oh, put your best big man in there. That's fine. Double O's got it because double O literally, I think he was giving like, oh, I know that that phrase I wanted to say to Sean. He'd been living rent free in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yes, yeah, seriously. Good seasons. He has. He has. Every big man you can think of. He literally was the guy where you throw him in there for some big time minutes, 10 or 12 minutes a game to disrupt that big. And he was effective. And then I don't know, it was kind of weird because as much as I loved seeing him evolve his game offensively, developing a 15, 17-foot jumper and even taking the occasional three when it was a good shot for him to take, I felt like, okay, eh, he's kind of taking a step back with him being like the assassin and mm-hmm. the boogeyman when it comes to some of these bigs. Mm-hmm. But that's no different than what you and I are going to talk about in a second about Trey Young, where sometimes as you're trying to evolve your game in one area, it may take a step back in another until you are able to bring it together. And I thought tonight was that night where we saw double O kind of bringing it back together, like the old double O boogeyman for whoever your big is, but then the new O who also takes quality shots and also knows how to defend the big without fouling. That's the guy we saw tonight. Well, and not only that, but I think we kind of feel like we saw a fully engaged DeJounte Murray for all four quarters and throughout the entire duration um, of the game and not just kind of feeling like I'm going to swing it around the tray because this is his team and I'm going to let him do his thing kind of vibe that I sometimes get. I'm obviously not saying that's the case, but sometimes I feel like that's what we get to uh, from time to time from him. Like I, I feel like on a game like, you know, on a night like tonight, um, he reminded himself that he was the number one option when he was in San Antonio kind of thing. Um, and that was a really, you know, good feeling if I'm just being honest. And they gave as a team, they gave the max effort because there are many times that we can say, oh, well, you know, there was no drop off in the third quarter or they came out starting slow. Like, I feel like all four quarters for the most part was very equal. It was, uh, it was also very balanced effort as well. Um, and, uh, I think the other thing is, is this is one that they needed not only because this was home court, a place that they're not necessarily playing that great this season, but also because, I, I don't I, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say leading up to tonight, we all had a feeling that something's not right here, like something's going on and nobody's really addressing it. I get it. We're seeing rumors being thrown around out there and everything else about DeJounte Murray to this place and that place. And these people interested. And we've been dealing with the same thing with Trey over the course of the last year or so. And things have been just really seeming kind of weird about all of this. Um, but. At the end of the day, it felt like all of those rumors and just 
rumor mill, everything else was on the outside, and they played maybe their best game of the entire season together on tonight. Well, either that or if you're a petty person and you like to have a petty party, then you would say, also, today's the first day that really DeJounte Murray's eligible for trade. But we won't go there. I'm just saying that's what some people might say if there's a correlation there. But what I want to go back to as well as talking about Onyeka Okongu and how we saw him kind of have that well-rounded game that we become accustomed to where he was putting that old double O and pairing that new double O together and we were seeing the offensive prowess and the defensive prowess come together. I said the same thing for Trey Young because he finished with 12 or 14 from the free throw line, right? But those two misses were super critical, one of which mm -hmm. is pretty much that sent you to overtime. But if you can get a big block, translation, mm -hmm. defense, out of 11, like mm -hmm. you saw tonight where he said, yeah, I missed that free throw, but I'm going to block this I'm going to block this shot and make sure that somehow I give my team another five minutes to close this thing out. I'm going to take that because I don't want him to ever get in the space where he stops giving us something on defense because maybe a little bit is slacking on offense. So, yeah, I don't like the fact that Trey misses more free throws than we're accustomed to. This has always been a, a 90 plus percent free throw shooter. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'll take it this season because I'm loving when I hear Trey and, you know, I'm, I'm in my Steve Holman voice, Trey Young blocks the shot. I think Trey Young blocks the shot. Like, I will take that all day, every day, <laughs> because when it gets down to it, yes, free throws definitely matter, but that kind of defensive effort matters as well. Well, no, I agree with that. And I think that, you know, by him being the cerebral player that he is and high IQ, um, just to know how to pick up, you know, one of the one of the more telling things was getting that, you know, sixth foul on Tyrese Maxey, even though I don't necessarily agree that that was I mean, it was it a foul, but I don't I would have loved to see them play that one out if I'm just being honest, like I want to see what this team was going to be made out of with Tyrese Maxey still on the floor. Nonetheless, it was a foul, a little on the petty side, but it was a foul, and he fouled out. By all means, so be it. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, I think that that kind of turned the dynamic of the game around, um, you know, and, and, and that kind of made a, a little bit of a difference. But give credit to Trey Young, who did what he was supposed to do. And he goes to the free throw line, and he misses one of two and can easily hang his head. And I told you how I personally felt about there being way too many instances, especially for a point guard. Uh, those are free spaces on the bingo card, as I call them. you got to be able to knock down those free throws to miss the first one, make the second one, and then turn around and then um you know be able to make some plays at, on on the backside uh in terms of defensively i thought that that kind of was very telling as well where if, if there's a young kid out there who's watching basketball and he's a point guard or whatever what have you making mistakes you could easily just hang your head uh, but he got back on defense and um and he made some plays happen that i think was very big in you know what ultimately we saw resulting in a win Indeed, indeed. We'd love to see the 139-132 win. When we come back, we've got some flowers to give you guys are accustomed to us giving these flowers. But hey, we're still going to give them. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what is next. Now, BetterHelp is also 
our sponsor for this episode. I want to tell you a little bit about BetterHelp because it's something that is really cool to think about right now, especially as we're starting this new year, right? Everybody has goals or resolutions, depending on how you kind of proceed with starting your new years. But Sometimes you get so obsessed with how to change yourself instead of maybe just taking incremental steps to be the better you that you can be. So maybe you finally organize one part of your space and then you can take a step to do another. Maybe you're taking your supplements in the morning, but now you got to eat the right way. You've got to make sure that you get to the gym and then you've got to keep it going. How do you do that? Sometimes with a little bit of help from therapy and that is where better help may come in whether or not you've been in therapy before, had coaching before, it definitely has some benefits we can all attest to in some way, shape, or form. So if you're thinking of starting therapy yourself, give BetterHelp a try. That's a goal or resolution that I can get behind. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime if you need to for no additional charge. So Celebrate the progress you've already made, but look forward to making even more by visiting betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA and get 10% off your first month. Betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NBA. All right. It wouldn't be a Locked On Hawks postcast with Tate and T unless we gave flowers to Jalen Johnson. So no doubt. flowers to Jalen Johnson like we do. It's the fun part of what we do on this show, right? 25 points, woo 41 minutes. And I'm so amazed at that because he literally has come back almost like he never left for better, if that's crazy to mm-hmm. say. He started back. About three weeks ago, his first game was like 26 minutes and a half. Now here we are six games in to his return, and he's back up to 41 minutes. That's eight of 13 from the field, three of four from three points, perfect from the charity stripe. And, of course, 16 rebounds, seven assists, one steal, and two blocks. This is like a man amongst boys. I love it. I know. I know. I know. And I can't really believe where I'm like, I'm still kind of in awe. Um, because as I always say, and I always go back to, you know, me being able to see him on the circuit coming out in high school and even his growth from his college days, even, even his growth from a year ago when he first came in G league. I mean, you name it, he's, he's literally taken, you know, the stairs up and just seeing the way that he has grown, um, as a player and matured in his body, matured in his game. I'm saying things, and this doesn't happen very often. I don't want to be the sound like the arrogant guy, but it doesn't it's not very often that in this very small sample size this very small window of about three calendars from when a guy go three or four calendars goes from a guy who you know is a high schooler and and, and definitely kind of seems kind of one dimensional to some degree as an outside shooter stretch four to now being on an nba team and being considered one of only two guys who is untouchable on a franchise team like that's crazy to me and all of the flowers go to him so many flowers he could open up a floral shop probably um but certainly all of the uh bouquets and all of the corsages and every kind of flower you could probably think of i mean i mean listen i give the i give so i give so much credit like it's it's 
I'm just, I'm in awe. I'm watching him do things that I'm just like, I mean, he's flying across the court, going in for dunks. He's playing, you know, like his head, like his head is on fire. You know what I mean? And, and, and he's just, he's doing it effortlessly. It looks natural. He's not forcing anything. He's not going out there doing moves that he looks like he just made up in practice yesterday. Like everything is looking fluid, it's looking efficient, it's looking confident, it's looking sharp, it's looking very clean. And I like what I've seen out of him. And I'm going to throw this one last little thing out there because I know we're definitely giving flowers to him. Um, but I, but I, I want to give just some quick flowers to Bruno Fernando, a guy who came in, brought some energy when he was on the floor. Uh, uh, oftentimes, I sometimes feel like when he's on the floor, it feels like we're playing five on four. You know what I mean? And, and the Hawks just have the four. Um, but you know, he, he definitely contributed. He played with some confidence tonight. He played strong, um, in the place of Clint Capella. And, and I like what I saw out of him tonight. Honestly, I do. Oh, I would agree. This might be the most quality set of 17 minutes I have seen him ever play for the Hawks. Now, when I saw him in other spaces and places, like when I saw him with his G League play, yeah, I could say that. But when we're talking about eight points in 17 minutes, three blocks and a steal from Bruno, I think he most definitely deserves flowers. And one more thing I want to say before we preview Friday's game just about Jalen is I have to agree with you as well. You know, I had an opportunity to speak with Landry Fields at length. I interviewed him during a blowout game over at Skyhawks, right? Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things I told him was, or, you know, talked to him about was Jalen Johnson and saying how it's wonderful to be able to have that type of living example within your own ranks to say, hey, you guys, if you buy in to the program we're putting in place here in College Park, this is what can happen for you. This is what can happen for you. And you can see guys buying into that down at the G League with their new coach, Ryan Schmidt, who was handpicked by Clint Snyder, who is at Hawks practices. The philosophy is the thing. There's consistency. So you're, you're going to see more of this. I like a lot of what I'm seeing with Kobe Buckin. I like what I've seen with Seth Lundy. And that's why I wanted to give flowers as well to, to the extended family of the mm -hmm. College Skyhawks, because you truly have what it is that's going to get you from point A to point B, meaning get you from College Park, get you from Gateway Center to State Farm Arena, and then get you from the State Farm Arena bench and get you mm -hmm. up where Jalen Johnson can be. And Willie Carswell, who always joins us, appreciate you, my guy. You say Tanitra and Deshaun Hawks won't, but I can't say enough about Jalen Johnson. This dude continues to amaze me, and he ain't scared of nobody. Willie, say it for the people in the back. <laughs> in the back, right. <laughs> the fact that he is not afraid, he plays, ain't never scared, but it's like this confidence, it's in your face, but it's like a quiet assassin. You know, I might, like, nickname him the quiet storm because he does it so on the quiet tip. I want to throw one more thing out there. Could he, I mean, at this rate, I'm not sure who else will be in this conversation, but I would imagine we got to be talking about most improved at this. Like, I feel like you have to like, like I might have to write the NBA myself if we don't see him on this list and somewhere amongst one of the finalists. I, I mean, with, with where he's at, I'm not sure that we could be having a conversation about anybody else. And I would imagine maybe not, you know, maybe not become the winner, but I think I think Buggy Bogdanovich has got to be somewhere right around that six man of the year conversation as well. Yeah, what a what an that's a great call too. And if you can do this, say this, and then we'll wrap it up. If you can have a most improved player in your starting lineup and a sixth man who leads the bench like this sixth man leads this bench, and if you could just get one more piece on the bench for him to give you some perimeter 
play. And if you could do just a little bit of tinkering with that lineup, that, that <laughs> lineup, I'm going to just leave it right there, Deshaun, because I know we got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. But I really do think that the Hawks can make a type of second half run that can pull them out of the playing round and pull them into a legitimate playoff contender. That's all I'm going to say. But Robert, we, we appreciate you too, because we got to get your comment in because you always stop by and rock with us as well. The Hawks finally played with heart and they trusted their teammates in the clutch. I couldn't agree with you more because anytime, Robert, on this show, we can talk about players not named Trey Young, mm-hmm. not wearing number 11 as being a part of clutch play. That's when this is a good locked on Hawks postcast. When you are coming on the show and talking about somebody other than Trey, or in addition to Trey, that's when we know we've done our job because you guys are coming in and saying this. And that's when, more importantly, the Hawks have done their job. So, as always, appreciate you guys stopping by the Locked On Hawks postcast. And don't forget to tell a friend. But if you told a friend to stop by the show, tell them to like and subscribe our YouTube channel as well. We appreciate all the love and the support. And of course, for more on the Hawks, you have to check out Locked On Hawks with our guy, Brad Rowland. We'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.